Halloween costumes abound. That's right, I said Halloween. And Cletus Cavalier returns. Stay tuned. Professor Theo's Mystery Lab. I'm Professor Theo. Welcome to the lab. I'm broadcasting from the campus of Splendid University in lovely, wondrous, adventurous, curious, odd, splendid West Virginia. I want to clear up something I said last week on the show. I mentioned that I would have more on the latest kid superheroes tale when the dust settles around McFly Middle School. Some of you took that figuratively. I mean, quite literally, there is a giant cloud of dust that has surrounded, enveloped McFly Middle School. No one has come out. No one can get in. Ever since the first day of school last week. Now, I'm sure everyone will be fine. There are, what, seven, eight kid superheroes now enrolled at McFly Middle? Still, it's got us all a bit on edge. I'll have an update. As soon as the dust clears. On to happier news for now. And we've got a lot packed into this episode, so let's get started. 100 Halloween costume ideas. Admittedly, Halloween is still well away. But you need a costume. Don't delay. It's time to narrow that possible list. In what lies ahead, I hope to assist. I'm getting reports of creepy and fun costumed characters all over. Apparently there are vampires in Vienna, and werewolves in Williamstown. Mermaids abound in Mermaid Town, which shouldn't really be a surprise to anyone at all. The Mothman was spotted in Point Pleasant, and aliens roam the woods out near Armco. Is it true? I have it on a reliable source or two. Of course not. It's all for play. For it's almost fall. Near to Halloween Day. Ghosts are flying over the green briar. Zombies have taken over the zoo. Mummies have been spotted in Marmette. Skeletons are scoping out Summit. Witches are running wild in Winfield. Bigfoot is roaming on Blackburn. Frankenstein was spotted near Frankfurt. La Tupacabra is in Chesapeake. There's a sea monster in Splendid. Danny Zuko hangs out at the Dairy Bell. What would fall be without pirates, ghostbusters, Minecraft creepers, teenage mutant ninja turtles, and famous boy wizards? It doesn't have to be all classic gores, not all monsters that some abhor. For there are scores of Pokemon, even a lizard. Animals and characters from a certain podcast and Shakespearean characters that always last stand the test of time. Hey, have you thought about being a mime? Princes and princesses have been seen in Princeton. Dinos are stomping through Dunbar. Knights are out and about on Norfolk Street. Bees are buzzing around the boulevard. And Mickey Mouse was seen near the Monster Park. Superheroes abound in nearby Super Duper Town. 
I even imagined I saw Dogman alongside a Dalmatian, you think? And some Toy Story characters dancing with clowns by the Central Park skating rink? I spotted Joker and Batman side by side with Harley Quinn. And next in line was Bugs Bunny, LeBron, and Huckleberry Finn. Put on your own march and show. Enjoy it. Go do it. Go. Be an artist, an actor, a king, or a drag queen. A bat, a T-Rex, or a robot machine. Be a Baby Yoda, a circus ringmaster. Be wild, be free. Might I suggest Supreme Court Justice RBG? Be a famous scientist like Marie Curie, Jonas Salk, or Oliver Sacks. We could use that in a mad world that's gone anti-vax. Dress as someone you admire. Think of their poise, the mannerisms, and attire. Or go like me as Three's Company's Jack Tripper. Or someone from Gilligan's Island, maybe the Skipper. Anyone from the Adams family would be unique. Oh, and maybe a figure from ancient Greece. Hey, I think we're on a roll. How about something from Paw Patrol? Be a plump little pumpkin or a garden gnome. But what about Kevin from Home Alone? Perhaps a character from a Goosebumps book. Or that dastardly villain, Captain Hook. Imagine playing a cowboy or cowgirl. That'd be fun. Or your favorite ball player hitting a home run. Be a gymnast, a tennis player, or Bob Ross. Or a super cool dancer breaking down with the floss. Most of all, I send you warm fall, almost fall, wishes. One that is safe without any glitches. It's our most theatrical holiday. So go enjoy it. Have fun play. There are a hundred plus suggestions here. I've updated this poem, this list, from last year. Still more I'm sure that you could add. Send me those ideas, I'd be glad. Last week we began the seven-part series involving Space Ranger delivery man Cletus Cavalier. I'm glad you came back for part two this week. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Cletus Cavalier's Space Run, Part 2. When his bosses at the space place had initially asked him to steer this solo mission, Cletus declined. There's got to be somebody better qualified than me. I fix them. I don't fly them, he responded. Of course he could fly them. He just didn't want to unless it was part of a video game. And there wasn't anyone better qualified. All who were better qualified were running rings around Geo, weeks away, attempting to repel scavengers. Cletus's bosses had been insistent, though, and eventually the mechanic turned pilot relented. I'll do it. That was months ago. In this present-day moment far from the edge of nowhere, claustrophobia creeping in, floating in a cold, dead spaceship, with little hope to feast upon, Cletus wished he had stuck with his initial refusal. If he had, he'd be home blasting aliens out of the sky in his flight fight simulator, munching on a Casa Grande burrito, while some random 80s hairband blasted on a decades-old boombox that had somehow survived his childhood. Maybe he'd be working late, or watching old AWA wrestle rock matches, with queso 
dripping off a corn tortilla chip and onto his favorite shirt, Mexican food would be involved no matter what. He pictured it all and smiled, nearly ready to give in to the cold and let it take him away for good. His vivid memories of back home comforting him in these final moments. Cletus had investigated the ship bumper to bumper, and other than a couple minor blips, was unable to diagnose the source of power failure. The AIK-205 was far from new, but it had been a good dependable ship for short treks. Two or three days at the most. Oh, did I overwork you? Cletus talked to the ship more each day than the day before. You gonna let me freeze out here, so close to our goal? He continued tinkering, unplugging, plugging, checking, punching, and cursing for nearly a half hour when the thing jumped back to life, if only for twenty seconds or so. If Cletus hadn't been almost completely frozen, and if the minuscule cabin allowed it, he would have jumped to his feet in celebration. He tinkered more, the buttons in front of him lit up, and the engine roared. This time, the control panel and instruments were ablaze for a full three minutes long enough to heat the old bird just above 40 degrees Fahrenheit, which prompted Cletus to begin singing what lyrics he could recall from Heat Wave. Burning in my heart. Cletus's dexterity slowly but surely returned in the renewed warmth. The third time he got the AIK-205 to rumble, it stayed alive for nearly 22 minutes. He was making progress. But Cletus wasn't sure, even under the best circumstances, that he'd be able to keep the ship going for more than an hour. Approximately 18 hours from Asteria, from the pack. He quickly searched his map for an alternative. In most of the universe, the holograph would pop with loads of possibilities, small and large, friendly and hostile. Out here, there wasn't much at all to notice. He found one possible sign of life in an asteroid field that was at least an hour away, and naturally not in the direction of the Asteria Belt outpost. Some of those rocks are big enough for settlements. What do you think? He asked the gasping space machine around him. Cletus wished the ship could answer an affirmative, but he knew the decision was up to him. I don't think we have a choice. Cletus set course for the unknown. If he had known that the faint blip of life on the map screen had indeed been a habitable, functioning, and quite advanced settlement, Cletus would have been thrilled. But if he could foresee that it was a settlement occupied by the last living creature in the universe that he could possibly want to run into, he never would have risked it. But he didn't know, until he had the Forenza 5 in full view of his cockpit window. Oh no. He quickly killed the power to the ship to avert being spotted, but it was too late. Two cruisers were headed straight for the AIK-205. Their blasters were out, pointed straight at him, and Cletus's life began to flash in front of his eyes, as they say. An electric blue shockwave darted from the Forenza 5 and nailed the vulnerable AIK-205. Direct hit. The blast threw Cletus back hard onto the steel floor and his world slowly, painfully went dark. And pound the ship, lock him up. He thought he heard a voice, echo in the cabin, 
before he slipped off to unconsciousness. Or worse. End of part two. Tune in next week for part three of Cletus Cavalier's Space Run. And coming soon, meet Halloween Hal. The three-year anniversary of this podcast is right around the corner, too, listeners. We've got a lot of fun stuff lined up for fall 2021. Come back and visit sometime, will you? In the meantime, have a wild and wonderful and fun and creative and weird week. Be good to each other. Professor Theo's Mystery Lab is written and read by Jonathan Joy. And Levi Joy. I'm Rissy Joy, the proud wife and mother of these two. Please rate and review the podcast on iTunes. Spread the word. Tell a friend. If you don't, Professor Theo might blast you into outer space. If he could do that type of thing, I mean. Also, please consider supporting this project by making a small monthly pledge at ProfessorTheo.com. You can email our family at theprofessortheo at gmail.com or tweet at us at Theo underscore mystery. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week.